Hello and welcome to today's episode of Dr. Simone's Mindspace. Today I'm super honored to have a good friend of mine live from Stockholm talking about her initiative, her movement. And it's, um, I'm gonna let you introduce yourself, Mia, but um, first of all, a great, great thank you for taking your time to do this and spread inspiration to other women and obviously also men, but, and families around the world. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you so much. So my name is Mia Jungberg Nevado. I am Danish, but I live in Stockholm. And uh, I moved back here a year ago after having lived six years in the Hamptons outside New York. And uh, the last few years we lived out there, I did a lot of events from fundraisers to nature experiences to wellness events. And, and I just discovered suddenly how much yeah, I would bring in these incredible speakers and suddenly I realized that the people that were attending the events were more busy either filming themselves or taking selfies with whoever was there to speak and not really engaging or listening in on what was being said. And um, so, it, so it started bothering me, the, the presence of the phones, but at that time I didn't know that, was, that I was gonna make this into a movement. And, uh, and then since 15 years, I've worked with uh, the owners and the founders of Six Senses, which they sold in 2012, and they kept a few of them. It's called Suneva today. So we went to Suneva, and this is about two and a half years ago, to one of their resorts in the Maldives. And when they opened almost 30 years ago, their concept was no news, no shoes. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and normally we have, we have gone with, we, I have two boys, they're eight and ten, and we have gone for two weeks every year. And, uh, and this seed had, had already been planted in my head that the phones were taking away from the experience. And suddenly I'm sitting there with my feet in the sand, having breakfast. I see my two sons they're playing down by the ocean and they come up and they scream out loud. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There are two big manta rays. And that's a pretty unique thing to see, no matter how well traveled you are. And the next thing I noticed was there was a table next to us with 10 kids, all like in around 10, 11, 12 years old, all sitting with their iPads. And not one looked up and I was like, oh my God, what has the world come to? People are traveling around the world, but they're not even living in the moment because we're so busy living in our digital lives. And, uh, and I think that kind of kick-started this whole thing that I woke up and I remember I looked at my husband and I said, I know what I'm supposed to do. I am supposed to help and inspire people to look up from their screens, specifically their phones, especially because they, have, they tend to be the ones that we bring with us everywhere. And uh, so we came back to the Hamptons and I was thinking more and more, how could I do this? Because I think if you want to change people's behavior, you can try with a lifting finger or fear, but I think that's not the way to go. So I thought right. I have to start with myself and I have to do this with motivation and inspiration and maybe reminding people of how wonderful it was, how we used to live our lives, that we would go to dinner parties, we would go to museums or concerts or a nice um, dining 
ex experiences, but with more focus on being there than actually trying mm -hmm. to document it to share with whoever would be willing to see it. And um, so that, I think that when I came back from there, I was really like, this is, this is what I'm gonna devote my, uh, my time and my life to. And so I started in the Hamptons, actually in lockdown. And I remember the first email, I just sent it out to close girlfriends, but and we, we weren't even supposed to meet because it was strict lockdown. But I said, meet me at the beach, six o'clock every Monday, no phones, no husbands, no kids and no Corona talk. And I'll give you a nature experience. And the very first, we were 10 women uh, the first time. And uh, we walked every, I, and every, and they all of course brought their phones because they thought obviously she's not serious about this. And I said, I am, you can all text your husbands and whoever needs to know where you are and say, you won't be on the phone for the next hour. So please leave them in the cars. So everybody went back, put, turned the phones up, left them in the car. And then we started walking in the sunset down, um, down the beach. This is like early March. And the first thing we see is a, um, a seal <laughs> who is like posing for us. And they're like, what? Did you, even if you live on the ocean, it's not that usual to see a comment mm -hmm. to see a seal. And in that beautiful light. And uh, so we are all there looking at this seal who is posing for us. And they're like, did you plant him here? Because of course this had turned, I've been walking here for years, you know, with my phone ready to take a photo. And now uh, he's here and I don't even have my phone. <laughs> And I said, no, but that's the whole point, that this is just for you. And we have this experience together now looking at the seal. And, uh, and then the, the closer we came to summer, so this is, this is back in 2019, the, the closer we got to summer, I started having access to the museum gardens and we would do these incredible tours. And, and I actually asked each of them when we moved to Stockholm, uh, 1st of July, I said, I would just love for you to, to share with me your experience of all these mm -hmm. gatherings that we have had. And they all basically said that this was what got them through COVID because they got this detox, you know, and of course it was supposed to be one hour, but it often turned into two or three hours when we were together. But it felt like they got a mini detox in the brain because not only in a time of, of lockdown where people were so glued to their phones exactly. and this overload of news and, you know, especially in lockdown, mostly negative news, it was really like giving your brain a spa detox for a few hours and that helped them to get through the week. And it was something that, that, that they really... Uh, we're looking forward to so of course then we moved to Stockholm and it takes about two days and I'm like horrified by noticing that it seems that every child in Stockholm uh, has a smartphone which yeah. was not something that I actually saw where we lived in the states and maybe we were living in a, a very secluded uh, safe area where where kids were more busy running outside maybe it's different in New York I don't know but but I was really shocked by it because I would uh, take the bus with my kids to school and they were literally the only one who said uh, good morning to the driver of the bus mm -hmm. and who were looking out. Like we would, one morning we passed the bridge and there was a rainbow and we were the only three people on a full bus that actually saw the rainbow over Stockholm because they were all busy in their phones. Like, yeah, glued to their screen. So I decided um, I need to 
I need to help the people in Stockholm as well. So over this past year, I have, um, and I was so lucky that you attended one of my uh, events. I have been doing, of course, according to COVID restrictions, but very small events, giving people small breaks from the digital life. So it has been you know, visit to art galleries with artists. It's been visits to artist studios. It's been wine tasting. Our sunrise sunbox experiences. I have asked people when I've informed them, of course, beforehand. This is a phone-free experience and event just for you. Uh, you will be asked to turn your phone off. Uh, you can keep it, of course, on yourself. I realize people are really detached to their phones, but as long as they're turned off, so nobody calls and disturbs. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then just I'm just trying to think of some of the highlights, but I remember so one of my favorite Swedish artists is this Swedish sculptor Anders Grisar. And and he talks a lot. He he did a talk uh, at Harvard University about how he created his art and how he grew up in a family with parents that were bipolar and how that has affected him and how and I and he really makes a lot of awareness around mental uh, disorders and I'm thinking even more so it's it, it he was really sharing at this very intimate event and I think that was maybe because that he felt. I am in a safe group here. No one is filming me. Mm-hmm. No one is taking photos when I'm sharing my story. And also for the guests who were there to see his beautiful art and art he's working on because no one, you know, he could feel safe showing his studio and mm-hmm. and maybe work that he would normally not show uh, if people were taking a lot of photos. Yes. And, uh, and the same a piano concert with a famous pianist. And I asked him after, I said, how did, did it feel different to you? that no one was filming and taking photos. And he said, it was an unbelievable energy because you also feel as a performer, if people are present. And present, right? Exactly. So that is, so what I've tried to give people is just a moment to themselves and experience for themselves that, you know, they don't have to share anything or post anything or write anything it's really just for them to be there Mm -hmm. and then I also notice how friendships are being built and how conversations tend to be much deeper because if if you are at an event or at a dinner where the phones are present you know you might get into this deep discussion or finally someone is opening up and sharing something and then because actually, according to studies, 80% of people check their phone, even when someone is telling them something deeply personal, like I'm pregnant or I'm divorcing, I'm engaged, or an illness uh, diagnosed. But that doesn't happen if the phone is not present, yeah. then really reach those deep level of connection. And I think that is what we need in order to live in this world that we're living in. Uh, interesting comment, because I think... Um, when you actually do share something very intimate and personal, people can use their phone as, as a sort of an, an escape, right? They don't want to hear necessarily something difficult. So they, they just pull up their phones to get away from, from the experience. And then the other person is double hurt 
first the other per, the, the 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 one they share this personal experience with isn't present anymore but is even even like completely absent with with another on another place and and not considering how how the person feels that is actually sharing something personal exactly and and you know imagine all the children how they feel because they see how you know you come down uh, if, if next time you stay in a hotel or you're in a restaurant just try and look at families where the where especially the parents and the phones because you see that the children are not getting the connection that they're mm. maybe trying to get because they feel I'm not being seen and I'm not being heard. Of course, it goes the other way around too that the kids are completely if there are no rules set completely into their to their phones because it's it just seems like like it happened so fast and maybe the parents didn't even understand what exactly this was doing to the dynamic in a family when when suddenly the smartphones are taking over the times that where they're supposed to be together so so that is what i try and tell people at the, at the events that i do uh, to you know make I and for I also want to say I'm not against phones and I'm also I mean if we didn't have phones we couldn't do this and I think right I really now. like what but, you said uh, about um the fact that um when you when you described you're not pointing with the finger you want to give people the experience of how it is and I think that's the most transformable place to go when they actually feel it in their body and in their mind how it does feel good and it does make a difference and th that's where you can change things and habits that you have have sort of gotten into without even being really fully aware right yeah and that's what i try and tell families or friends even if it's just one evening a week you turn your phone off when you come home or you have an evening you know with no screens Mm -hmm. maybe that's all we need but we need those mini detoxes also to rest our you know our eyes and our brains right. because we it's we are so like you know I can't even control myself it, like I have discovered if I read a book I basically have to you know put the phone in another room or my mind is constantly drawn to checking is there a new text message or a new like or a new email and and that's just and I'm even aware of this, mm -hmm. but I still can't control exactly. myself. And and that's really what I think I I want people to understand that it is, it does take away from the experience. But we have to, you know, set our like personal intentions and goals. How do we want to live? And mm -hmm. and and how do you as a family have some some, um, I don't like the word rules, but standards that you that you live after. So right. I can only share that for my kids and, and my husband and I, we never have screens uh, in the bedrooms. We have alarm clocks to wake us up because otherwise I want to look, you know, I want to look at my husband and not uh, my social media first thing in the morning. And, uh, and no screens, 
on weekends before after breakfast they have um, they have a couple of hours uh, my kids every weekend where they can play and then they have one hour every Wednesday after they've done homework so they know there's no point in asking Monday Tuesday Thursday Friday because they were part of setting up these how do we want it to be in our family mm-hmm. and I think that's important too that you can't just yeah. as a parent say Get off, uh, get off the screens, just like if our spouses or boyfriends or partners were to say the same, we would get upset too. It should be like, hey, I really enjoy being with you and there are so many things I love doing, but how do we make sure we have time for that? What do we need to take away to get more of the things we like to do? Mm-hmm. And then you, together as a family, can, can decide what is important for us. For me, it's spending time in nature. And that's one of the other things I really try and tell people is it's very different to walk in nature with, you know, a headphone on and listening to, even though they're amazing podcasts out there like like yours, or uh, walking in nature and actually listening to nature because the body, to get all the beautiful benefits of being in nature, you need to be present. And I just listened to an interesting talk the other day where they were talking about dog owners that Mm -hmm. some someone had, um, you know, all studies show that that if that it's good to have a pet or especially a dog to fight depression. And then they were saying, well, that's true. But what really helps is that it gets you out right in nature. It gets you makes gets you to move your body, which is also Mm -hmm. a part of why dog owners feel better. But it's so important that if you have a dog, that you're with the dog, because if you are out walking uh, with the dog and your phone, or if you are, you come home, uh, you're entering the door and, you know, the, all those, um, they, what makes it special is the dog is so happy to see you, right? But mm-hmm. if you're looking at the phone, you are not going to take in that joy of That's the dog okay. jumping up and down yeah. to see you. Mm-hmm. And the same with kids, you know, especially I see young kids, you know, they're left in daycares for hours, which, you know, thank God, because it allows uh, uh, mothers and fathers to work, which is also important. But then those children, they don't want to see a mom or a dad staring into a phone when they come to pick mm-hmm. them up. They want to see them in the eyes. Anyway, I can d- talk um, a lot about this, but, but all I really want is to inspire people have them set their own rules for what they think is okay. Um, and, and maybe the next level is for companies also to have some, mm-hmm. are we supposed to email and call after certain hours? Should we always be available 24 seven? Is that good for us in the long run? Mm-hmm. Or is it better that we, that we have some, that we give people time off when they really need to have time off? Yeah. And I think this is a topic that has become very um, prevalent during the pandemic. And the, the fact that because the, the everyone was working or everyone, a majority of the people were working from home, there is no more difference, no more boundaries between work and and home and, and office hours and off office hours. So the, this, this sort of blurry line makes people constantly being on and checking emails in at 10, 11 p.m. and then answering emails and not getting to bed and, and, and feeling very quickly exhausted and having more people being burned out because of the difficulty to set these boundaries, of course it's difficult for an employee to set those boundaries. So I agree with you that it would be really, really important to set these 
set of parameters from companies as well. So to protect the employees from, from actually having this battle between should I now respond or not? To exactly. Yeah. There's a, a car manufacturing company in Germany and they, if you email a person there and the person is on vacation, you get an immediate response that says your email was just deleted. The person you're trying to reach is on vacation. You can either resend it to one of the following people or you can resend the email you know, whenever this person is back. And of course, most of the time, whatever the email about has probably been sold. So they don't need to contact the person when they're back from vacation. But I think that is so beautiful. Yeah. Because, yes. You know, the reason people do check emails, and I get that when they're traveling, is of course that they don't want to come back to 5,000 mm -hmm. messages yeah. when they're back. But uh, I, I just want to highlight a book that I really... Uh, that I use a lot in my, in my own talks about lookup and it's written by a um, New York Times bestseller called um, Paul Greenberg and he wrote this book called Goodbye Phone, Hello World, hmm. how to disconnect from tech and reconnect to joy. But, he, but the thing that really stands out and I think when I share this with parents, it's such an eye opener for them because you realize uh, when you have kids that when, when they reach the age of 10, they start living their own lives, right? Mm -hmm. So you just have these few years where you can really fully be with them. So he writes here, my son was born in 2006. The iPhone was born in 2007. They have been competing for my attention ever since. I always knew it was wrong to steal a moment to look at my phone instead of my son. But I thought I had plenty of moments. And then my son was 12. My time as a father of a small child had come to an end. What had I given my device that I could have given my son? Like the average American, just under four hours a day, every day, two months out of every year, two years out of the dozens, my son had been alive, gone. And I think when people realize that it's, you know, two months out of every year, and that's, you know, four hours is probably, you know, that's just the average. There are people that spend much more. But, mm -hmm. but two, hour, or two, two months out of every year, we are on our phones instead of being with the people that we love. So it's a little bit of those two months I'm trying to take time from and say, hey, come walk with me. Mm -hmm. Come visit this artist with me. Come listen to this concert. Come and taste this amazing meal at a restaurant where the mm -hmm. food is so beautiful it's going to blow your mind but it's just for your eyes it's not for your exactly. phone it's not for your phone yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, and 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 make people connected again yeah. because i think you know i love um oh what's called underdog by mm. alicia keys because she talks a lot about you know loneliness or things about loneliness that this that we are just not paying attention to who is sitting next to us anymore. Mm -hmm. Imagine being a taxi driver nowadays compared to wow. before the smartphones were invented. People would have interesting conversations, conversations. but now people walk in, you know, they're looking into their phone. They're mm -hmm. not interested in talking. So we just live, we live. Um, I just think that, that we, I'm just afraid how lonely people are going to end up being when we suddenly live in a world where we no longer 
need to go to a shop we can watch a movie on our screen at home instead of actually going to the theater mm -hmm. who needs a toy store when we can tap through it but if you have ever taken a child to a toy store and mm -hmm. see the stars in their eyes when they get to touch the toys and play with them the phone or the screen can just never replace that no and so so that's really um i just want people to wake up yeah. look up be more connected to each other and 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 see each other again and and engage in real conversation and and not being so busy trying to share these very special moments because it's actually those moments that you know maybe not all moments are meant to be shared on social media right mm. and i'll give one last tip because now that we can travel again and the world has opened up so my first trip um, and i used to be a travel miner so of course I love to travel and, uh, and I used to take a lot of photos with my phone. And um, so we went to Venice and of course I wanted to take a lot of photos because it's a beautiful uh, place to visit. But uh, as my sons reminded me that I am actually, you know, the woman behind Look Up, I should not be seen with my phone. So we agreed that I was going to put my phone in the safe Saturday and Sunday. We were there for four days. So I had Friday and Monday to take photos. And I really reflected about this experience when I came home because I realized that I had heard Venice, I had smelled Venice, I had seen Venice being 100% present mm. because I wasn't chasing all these photos and moments. Right. I was living and really taking them in yeah. with my whole body. And, and, and it really, it really sat with me and, and I would recommend anyone when they travel next time, try and put on, put the phone in the safe oh, if you right. can, right um, because it, it really, then it becomes even more clear um, right. what they actually, how much they take away from the experience. I, I thought you maybe know about um, um, Daniel Kahneman, who's talked about the experiencing and the remembering self and how we're, we're actually a slave of the remembering self and the experiencing self being the one that is actually in Venice is not really having a good time when you constantly chase all these landmarks that you need to take pictures of that you most likely will never look at in the end or even not, not in a sheer amount of time you, you actually spend taking them. And um, so, so yeah, that, that is really, really, really uh, something I think we, we should all remind ourselves. And it's so easy not to do it because everyone else is doing these pictures, but it's it's really it's it's really once you actually experience how it is without. That's I think as you said that's when the transformation happens because you realize how nice it is when you don't have it with you all the time. Doesn't mean you as you said you you're not saying we we should all go back to the time before the iPhone but or the, the smartphone but at the same time to be mindful of when we use it and when we are not. Exactly. Be more mindful and be more have more etiquette around mm. when is it appropriate to have right. the phone and, and when is it not. Right. And and I think it's I just think it's I really worry about 
especially my sons, uh, you know, that are eight and 10, because I see that a lot of their friends, they don't really play with toys anymore, mm -hmm. that so much has been replaced with the screen. And they're amazing things, of course, with the screen. And, and there are incredible um, games out there and, and apps, but, but I, you know, we have so many books at our house that we, it's, we could open a bookstore. And for me, I, I was discussing with um, with my third grade uh, teacher. Actually, this was in second grade, and they said, "Oh, we can see your son is not reading so many books on the iPad because they can keep track of the books and they have to write how much they read." Um, and I said, "No, because I, of course, prefer that he reads a real book because there are also studies that show that." the same text being read online versus a book doesn't stick the same way, just as mm -hmm. notes that we write with our hand, we tend right. to remember better than Much if you write better. it. Mm -hmm. And I said, so no, I'm not going to push my son to read uh, more on the screen because they use already screen so much in school that, that I really want to push for people reading real books. Of course, it's great to have the option to read online when you're traveling. I understand that too. But the smell of a book and touching a book and flipping the pages, that's part of the magic. Yeah, of course. And the same with the toys. Like you can build in Minecraft. And, and I do think that is, you know, it's, it's one of the games, one of the absolutely better games for kids to play. But I still think they should also be building with Lego because that is... This, you know, for the how tactile, they use the, these all factoring, all senses being involved rather than only very limited ones as the eyesight. Yeah. So there is an amazing um, Swedish author and, um, and Dr. Anders Hansen, and he has written a book also called The Screen Brain. And I remember, I forgot if it's in the book or in an article he wrote, they, were, they had two test groups. So one test group were playing a video game. Uh, they were both playing the same video game, but one test group were asked to sit and relax inside in like a lounge area. And the other test group were running out in nature for 20 minutes before they sat down to play the same game. And the people that had been out in nature before running around performed like much higher uh, mm -hmm. had higher scores than the ones that had been sitting and relaxing so at least I use that with my kids now that Very I good. say okay it is your screen time but remember you are going to do better if you run outside, you run outside first. in the forest yeah so, yeah. Uh, so I think we just need to, exactly it's all about being mindful having some etiquette and some balance that mm -hmm. you know it's sometimes it's great to have the screens and 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 that's okay too and then there are times where they definitely don't need to be a part of of, exactly. of life and our experiences. Wonderful closing comments from you. Thank you so much. It's really inspiring and really sort of reassuring to, to what I personally feel as well. Um, and um, yeah, thank you so much. And thank let's, you. let's share our, our book tips in, in the, in the um, comments so, so people can read the books you recommended as well. Thank you. I will do that. Thank you so much.